When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, 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 hello. And welcome to Janny's Team Selection, Game Week 27, brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. I will be your Alexis McAllister of the podcast. I looked good on Saturday, not so good on Sunday. And I'm joined by the wildcard 26 of the podcast. Didn't exist when we last spoke. Now very much there. Janny, Janny, how are you doing? Zero percent chance, mate. Zero percent chance. Absolutely zero. There is no single content creator or anyone that can change my mind. I'm fixed on no wildcard until Spurs go and decide to lose and Southampton lose and there was a three percent chance of both those things happening and that changed everything and look we know we know that changed stuff there's no point in crying over spilt milk and you know me mate I like to look forward and I don't like to really bring up all the rubbish and feel sorry for myself on FPL Twitter you are all disgraceful for moaning so much for so long and when we're in the same boat as everyone else it's really not a big fail when you fail together it ain't a fail uh, I was more annoyed with my Brighton player not performing when I saw others did. But the fact that we were wildcarded and it went against us and I lost 33 points on my other team, yes, I worked it out. It's really irrelevant. Oh, for sure. And I mean, so let's talk, before we get onto your points then, let's talk what did actually move you from a 26 no wildcard to a 26 wildcard? We recorded, was it Wednesday before those FA Cup fixtures? Um, yep. But we already knew, I think, that Liverpool... Uh, didn't have a fixture, correct? Yeah, I think yeah. Liverpool may have played on the Tuesday night. Um, and I think maybe Leicester and Blackburn was the Tuesday night as well. And we knew that Blackburn had knocked Leicester out. And I think that put uh, maybe a Brentford fixture in or something. I can't remember. The big one for me, though, was the Spurs and Southampton games because that not only added to that blank 28 where we were now going to have a Harry Kane in 28 and there was a few more teams added in. Um, but it also meant, more importantly, that the... Blank in 32 and the doubles in four and seven weren't as big or as small as we had hoped. We had hoped, or I had hoped that the blank in 32 was going to be really difficult to navigate. And I'd hoped that the doubles in 34 and 37 were going to be big doubles. And now they're not so big and the blank's not so small. And that was all because of the Spurs-Southampton game and plus a few others. And yeah, I looked at the chips and thought, yeah, I don't need a wild card, but when am I going to use a wild card? And knowing that those uh, blanks and doubles weren't what we thought they would be. I thought, I don't need to use this wildcard round 32, 34. I may as well use it now because I do prefer my wildcard team now than my normal team now. Um, So I pulled the trigger. I pulled the trigger and do I regret it? I don't know. I've not even thought about whether it's a regret or not. It's a shame, but I 
didn't think Salah and Trent and Darwin. I didn't have Darwin. I didn't think three Liverpool assets would be banging against Man United. And yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I've seen some people discussing how many points they would have got if they hadn't touched their team and left the armband on Salah. Well, firstly, you were never going to leave the armband on Salah. So when you work out your pre-wildcard points, please don't do it with Salah, captain. That's wound me up. Um, so when I said 33 points down, that's with Saka captain, just like Saka was actually my captain because that's what I would have done. And for anyone that wants to pretend they could have forgot their teams, then grow up because you never forget your team. If you're, if you're, if you're absorbing this content, you don't forget your team. <laughs> if you say so. If you say so. You've um, forgotten your team once this season, haven't you? Uh, I benefited no? from it, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I think feel so. Like you tweeted. I've come, I've definitely come close twice. Because allow me now to roll the excuses on you. So I, on. I generally do the moves for the community team, Scoutcast community team, before the weekend. Uh, yeah. And like in that last half hour, that really becomes my focus, usually because we're still voting on captaincy and stuff. So I try and set mine and I do the community one because I'm terrified of doing the thing I did earlier in the season, which was leaving the captaincy on Nick Pope and looking very silly. Um, so I sort that and that gets done. <laughs> and then sometimes I run out of t- time for mine. But that doesn't mean I haven't set up a, you know, I've done my transfers a already, team. a bus team. So I think the two times I missed it, one, one, just a captaincy change that probably made no difference or something. And the more recent one was I was going to make an extra transfer or was going to at least consider making an extra transfer to bring in a Man City defender ahead of, you know, their doubles and whatnot. Would have cost me a minus four and it would have been Ake or Akanji who probably got about one point between them. So I think that actually benefited me. Um, So I shall, I shall run away and pretend that was all skill. Speaking of all skill, Johnny. Let's look at your points. Oh. Uh, take us through, take us through the Wildcard 2016, how it did, um, and if there are any sort of like you know big things here that you ignore, should you Wildcard or not? We know that, but within the context of the Wildcard itself, anything you could have changed, wish you'd changed. I made one Wildcard draft on that Wednesday night, Seb, after I said zero percent chance and after Spurs lost, and genuinely, it didn't change. And I spent a ton of time on Thursday and a ton of time on Friday. And again, Saturday morning, thinking about it, it didn't change. I think I did a, on my own channel on YouTube, I did a, a, a team reveal, a, a sort of, um, first draft. And yeah, I was pushing that link till Saturday morning. Cause I was like, it's not changed. It's not changed. So Kepper in goal, uh, Henry Zinchenko and Estupian across the back three, Martinelli. That was always going over Saka, over Odegaard. Saka, captain, Rashford two, March three in the 11 March. Kane two, Haaland four, and Tony eight. On my bench, I've got Raya, Matoma, Trippio, and Botman. The only dilemma I had, only big dilemma I had for those three days was, do I start Matoma or March? That was the big question for me. And that did, that, didn't change because March was in my first draft. But then when I went on Sky Sports News Saturday morning and told the nation my absolutely locked team, it may have had Matomo in instead of March. And then three minutes to the deadline, I may have swapped it. (laughs) Other than that, um, it was fixed. Um, So yeah, Odegaard Martinelli was a discussion for many. Gabriel Zinchenko was a discussion for many. I'm a Martinelli Zinchenko guy more than a Gabriel and, and Odegaard guy. I think probably those watching this and that have watched this for a while would probably know that rightly or wrongly, by the way, I'm not saying I'm right by any stretch. Odegaard actually looked better of the two. Um, Zinchenko looked better of the two with Gabriel. So yeah, there we go. That was my team and it was disappointing, but I failed with others. Define a Zinchenko and Martinelli guy versus a 
Gabriel and Odegaard guy for me. And it's worth noting that the other one of those guys is me. So, you know, be nice. Yeah, yeah, I know know the others, (laughs) you for sure. Um, Short-term punt versus long-term, I guess, is is part of my thinking here. So it's not necessarily you like one player because of your your management style. For me, it was more short-term because I knew I wanted Zinchenko and Martelli only for two or three weeks. And I know their minutes are therefore very safe then. Zinchenko's... People say, could Tierney come in and get a game? Zinchenko is one of the best players and first names on the sheet, but injuries are sometimes a problem. So long-term, there's thinking there. Martinelli, you just don't know. Dips of form, Trossard could come in when Jesus is back. We don't know how that's (coughs) exactly going to look. But short-term, when he was scoring, I think the bigger upside player for the week just gone and for the week ahead is Martinelli over Odegaard. So again, the short-term punt with what I think is a higher ceiling in terms of explosiveness in front of goal and potential to get a a brace or a hat-trick. Now, sure, Odegaard could get a brace or a hat-trick of assists, but I don't see that necessarily with goals. I do with Martinelli. And again, goal-scoring positions, Inchenko is taking up over Gabriel, who's reliant on set-piece threat from corners, of which Arsenal have been going short a lot and not had brilliant delivery, versus Zinchenko, who's pretty much playing in midfield. And actually, I think over the weekend, got more passes or touches in the opponent's half than any other player in Europeans' top five leagues, or something like that. Wow. So Zinchenko's a baller, and Martinelli, I thought it was goal threat. So I guess that I guess that kind of was where I was at. But it was never a discussion for me. Straight away it was Inchenko, straight away it was Martinelli. Fair enough. Um on the graphic here that people will see, I think I have cut off your bench, which is helpful. Apologies. Uh so do just remind us of your bench. But also you have a Brighton midfielder. You've played March, so you benched presumably a few points there. I benched Matoma. Thirteen points. Hello. Um I don't know. It's a bad call because I got it wrong. But is it a bad call when you watch the game back, the highlights, you look at the data? It could have very easily been a 13-point March game and a three-point Matoma game. Um, Perhaps not the case for McAllister because we knew he had the penalties and they got a pen. Um, Fair play for those that went McAllister, Seb, because again, like um, I said on this pod last week, when I ranked them, McAllister was clearly my number three. If I was to go again, I don't know if I'd swap it. I don't know. We do think he'll stay in the 10 role. And with that, he's... He's brilliant, but I still love March and Matoma. And I'm, I don't know, given a free substitute, a free transfer this week to swap, swap March for McAllister, I don't think I would do it, but I completely understand those that would. As in, like, not a free transfer, an FBL free transfer, as in just a free hit, but you're only going to use it on one player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think, I mean, all three do seem pretty even. I think uh, there's a big old slice of luck in which one you played. Man, I wish I'd played both over over Rashford. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I really considered that. Uh, I like McAllister for the penalties, but I would understand any of the three. And I'm with you on March. From the highlights, probably looked most likely. He was just assisting assisters and not quite getting there. And Matoma's goal was sliding at the back post. I think it might have been his only shot on target. Massive yeah, XG. Was. But then therein lies sometimes one of the problems with small sample XG. When he connected with the shot, it was a certain goal. But to connect with the shot, he had to nearly collide with the post. He was this far away from not even getting there. So not necessarily a high probability chance, despite a high probability finish, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's really annoying. I've been looking at the data of all three on the scout members area. And check it out if you don't already. Um, If you're not already signed up. I think the XGI since the restart. 
I think McAllister and, M- and March are fairly similar, but Matoma's way short. Like Matoma is a massive overachiever, and we know that when we look at his finishing, like he scores well, he has been scoring worldies, and he scores from low XG chances. I'm thinking of the the curler at Leicester from outside the box. So the underlying data suggests that March and McAllister are the two better picks, but then Matoma produces the returns and overperforms. So it's a really difficult one, but I think. I would like to think over a three, four, five game period, which is when we're going to be invested in these Brighton assets, I'd like to think they're all going to produce very similar outcomes, which is why I wouldn't make the free swap because I'm almost of the mindset, oh, McAllister's just had his penalty. Is he going to get another one? Now, sure, the odds of him getting a penalty are exactly, well, they're probably not exactly the same. It's based on the, the opponent and 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 the, and the team. Um, but there could very easily be another penalty. But I would like to think it's less likely um, than it's likely. I don't know where I'm going with this. What I'm trying to say is he's at his, he's at his quota of points. It's March's turn. You've spent too much time with me, mate. It's less likely than it is likely and uh, and other non-sensible. non-sensible. Yeah, I'm, I as I was saying that, I was thinking, oh, damn, I'm doing this with Seb, not as, so I know there'll be no edits in this video. <laughs> oh, a little dig at my, my inability to edit at the same time. That is entirely fair. I haven't got time for that. So let's move on to your team for next week. We have here, once again, no bench. So speaking of my ability to edit, it'd be nice if I could do that, wouldn't it? It's a much um, better job than I'd ever do, mate. Thank you for taking the time to I, even upload ah, these videos. It's fine. It's fine. I prioritised, when we, when we got this really, I prioritised making it look pretty on the screen and, you know, got the substance wrong, which, you know, that probably reminds you of someone making sure it look pretty on the screen. Substance is nonsense. Ouch. I was Ouch. talking about myself, not you. I was talking about myself. But, you know, if you oh, want to okay. take that with me, that's fine. Let's talk about your team. So we have your team here. Do remind us of the bench as well, but walk us through it. And the things I'm interested in to hear is if there's a transfer, but benching headache and captaincy. Yeah. That's the big questions this week. I've got Ryer in goal. I've got a full quota of Brentford and Brighton. Ryer in goal. Henry, Trippier, Estupinan. Matoma currently with the armband. Saka, Rashford and March. Kane, Haaland, Tony with a double. The bench, which could very easily be a bench boost. It won't be a bench boost, but in any normal season, I'd look at it and go, oh, hello. Kepa in goal. Martinelli, Zinchenko and Botman. It's a good bench. It's bench boost worthy, but it isn't better than what I hope to bench in 29. And that's all that really matters. I think that's reasonable. Um, I'm with you on that. I think it's a discussion a lot of people have been having this week. So just for people here... Rather than arguing for 29, what do you think the argument would be for bench boosting in 27, whether it was your bench or a very similar bench? Yeah, I mean, the fixtures are there. The fitness are there. There's no flags on players. So in terms of if you've a, a template bench is probably Odegaard, Gabriel and Botman and Kepa. So very similar to mine. It's your two Arsenal players, potentially a Newcastle defender and Kepa in goal. Now, the benefits massively are these players are all in form they're all fit they're not flagged um there's not a long time between games um versus 29 when we'll have the international break and potential flags and we might not have complete transparency with things like press conferences and training picks and stuff like that the problem is is they're all on a single single game week the arsenal players are interesting because if you think arsenal are going to go big against fulham forget the fact that you don't have double game weekers it's a really nice fixture Bear in mind how bad Fulham looked on Monday night against Brentford. I think the scoreline flattered them at 3-2. Without Polina in the middle, who's still serving another one-game suspension, I think Arsenal could have fun there. But we can't forget, 
going to Craven Cottage has historically been a very difficult trip for Premier League clubs this season. Um, I remember United winning there, but I don't remember too many other teams winning. And United, it was last minute smash and grab. So yeah, that's that. It's it's difficult. But when we wildcarded, we knew in game week 27, we were going to have really good benches. And we knew we'd have this headache. And we're also wildcarding to produce a bench boost squad, which was a fair few weeks away. Some planning 29, some planning later. So you were always going to pick 15 good players, right? That's what we do in a, ahead of a, a bench boost. And that's one of the negatives of wildcarding and bench boosting so far apart. So when we get bench point, point when we get bench points this week, um, let's not moan too much because we're, we're taking that, that decision and we knew it was coming. So I won't necessarily see bench points as a bad thing this week because I'm pretty set on my 11. There is no obvious replacement to go, should I bench Harry Kane or Haaland and start Martinelli? No, I shouldn't. I'm, I'm, I look at my decision here and go, this is absolutely the 11 I've got to go with. And if I get bench points, then yeah, cry me a river, but so be it. I think that's fair. And I mean, we chose Arsenal assets against Bournemouth last week. And there's some cruel or sweet, depending on your perspective, irony in that, of that, of course, it's Liverpool now who have Bournemouth this week. They are inaccessible to you. But Rashford has a good fixture as well. Southampton at home. Is there any chance you bench Rashford for an Arsenal asset? Or is that set, that slot in your team? Home advantage. If it was Arsenal at home to Fulham and Rashford on the road to Southampton, maybe. I love home advantage. I, 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 I and it, look, it's team dependent. Some teams are brilliant at home. Some aren't so good, but usually home advantage matters for most teams. And I like Rashford at home to the Saints. Um, Europa League tie, I think, is on the, is this week, isn't it? They played Betis again. It's at Old Trafford. Um, again, if 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 Rashford had just come back from Spain on a Thursday <laughs> night and had a fixture on a Sunday that was again on the road, I'd be oh, okay. Two away games in a row. I like the home and the home, and I think we'll get a bounce back. Look, unless he unless he looks like he's carrying a knock, and again, I'll be eye-testing him on Thursday, there'd be no reason for me to bench him and he'd be in. Last benching question then. Trippier, you have an Arsenal defender, Zinchenko, who you were just quite high on on the bench. Yeah. Is that a change you would make, or are you, are you happy in Trippier there? Yeah, you're right. That's that's actually my only... I know I said I'm, I'm very confident and set on the 11. There is one question mark over, should it be Zinchenko or Trippier? And at the moment, Trips is in. Again, it's the home advantage. Um, Mitrovic being fit, which is likely, is is I, I always back Mitrovic at Graven Cottage. I know he's been disappointing of late and definitely carrying a knock. But Trippier is just so good in terms of attacking threat that even if Newcastle concede, he can still get bonus. He can still get... He hasn't had an attacking return for a while, but he's so good and his baseline BPS is so good. Um, I think I'm likely to stick with Trippy on that one. Fair, fair. Captain Matoma, Captain Tony. Ooh. I know that's probably the big one this week. You have Captain Matoma. You have Vice March as well. So you're not worried yeah. about a double Brighton cancellation, I presume? Yeah. Uh, is it minus five on Saturday in Leeds, have I seen? Um, forecast. Something. I mean, um, if there was ever going to be... I don't. I mean, week games don't get called off because of snow on pitches anymore, do they? It's more about transport. Yeah. And I don't know about your part of the world, but it's turned a bit rainy now. But it was snowing here down in the Midlands. So uh, Leeds more likely to see some snow. Obviously, then they're at Brighton. So even if Leeds ended up in trouble, I can't imagine Brighton is going to end up in trouble. Yeah, I... Um... Let's assume that there's there's no worry about fixture cancellations. I prefer the Brighton fixtures to the Brentford fixtures. Brentford aren't great on the road, but Tony's record, I was looking last week, home and away record this season is pretty much like for like. 
So Brentford being poor, but I think it's seven goals, one assist versus like seven goals, two assists or something, home and away. Like it's that was before this this round of fixtures just gone. Um but I prefer Brighton's fixtures and I prefer Brighton's attack. Brighton's attack in the last four, they produce a chance every 4.9 minutes. Again, I was looking on the scout members area earlier, better than any other team in the league. They are producing chances more so than any other team in the league. I like that. Which Brighton asset you go for, Matoma versus March? I'm still not sure. I'm tempted to double down on March and be like, I've been there, done that, been stung stick with your armband and commit now to March and commit now to 29 on March. But I think that's very unlikely. We've got more options in 29. But part of me then thinks, no, Matoma has been the right decision for a while and, and go there. So I am really torn. I do think it will go on Brighton unless, and there's a big asterisk here, um, can't get my words out today. And that is if there is a fear of a cancellation, but usually these things come with a little bit of warning and a little bit of notice. So as you say, fans traveling, um, I'm sure Ellen Road have got a nice um, pitch where it's it's sort of under soil heating. Um, uh, do they say that? I, I mean, Most we, the last couple of seasons do. we've had problems with our pitch, but um, it's problems that mean the play is poor rather than the game would get called off. I think it's more about transport, those situations, and uh, Leeds is okay for that. And for anyone listening as well, I should say that, uh, especially if you're not in England, <laughs> this is only because we've had the first hint of snow this year. There isn't any serious concerns you know, put it at a quite a low percentage in your mind, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, there might be one or two on Twitter that would make you believe there's like a 50% chance it's going to be called off, but it's probably a 2% chance. Although you probably don't listen to Janny's percentage chance ratings anymore after last week. <laughs> um, so yeah, Matoma or March, I'm 51-49, which is why it's on Matoma at the moment. But part of me is like, I want to just go against the grain. And I think March will be a little bit more fun if he does bang, because he'll definitely be lower owned. Um, I did a poll and it had a, like over 4,000 responses. So it was a good sample size on Twitter for captaincy. 50% said Tony, which is really <laughs> interesting. So, And then I gave the three Brighton assets all as individual options rather than just saying a Brighton midfielder. So Matoma got 31%. March 9 McAllister eight, uh, Tony 51. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult one, but I, I think I'm sold on the Brighton attack. Those numbers make me excited to captain McAllister. Uh, yeah. McAllister eight. Yeah. yeah. And you set on that, Seb. I, I did think for those to own McAllister, they'll probably be going there. I think the only reason McAllister's percentage was so low is very few own him. Yeah. So I think I very likely will go there. I acknowledge there is a little bit of that emotional investment because I mentioned it that I would do it before the game at the weekend and because then McAllister did well and also did well first as well he got his points before Matoma got them in the 90 minutes there's now that part of me that wants to be like you're so clever and tall and handsome and strong you must captain the player you said you would which of course is complete nonsense all the things I've just said but you know it's hard to avoid that right you want to you want to prove yourself right as stupid as it is um but i do think from my team if i'm trying to be objective i think he's my best option i very much like players with penalties of course tony has those too but in that 10 role McAllister has been very very dangerous that won't show mm. up as well necessarily in some of the numbers as march and matoma um because he plays there obviously not even every game but sometimes in matches he will move backwards 
you may say, of course, well, therefore, he's not going to play 10 all the time. So is that a concern? Yes, I think it is a concern. He started at 10 in the last match, then Welbeck came on, but joined Ferguson, who only went off later, I believe. McAllister dropped back into midfield, so Astupnian could go off and Gross could go left back. So even if McAllister starts at 10, there is that risk that he's going to drop deeper and there's a risk he drops deeper from the start. But that is a risk I am happy to steer into because if you get minutes at 10 and he has penalties, I think he is the best option. But it is very close. Uh, I have just mentioned to Stupnian there as well. Something to call out, I think. You've, you're going to roll your transfer, so you've got two free transfers. I don't anticipate you using it for this reason. But as Stupnian does travel all over the world ahead of game week 29, we yeah. could see him. Early subs might not be too much of a problem, as long as they're after 60. But we could maybe see him get a rest. I wouldn't say it's certain, but you never know. He's been more nailed under Deserby. That would also knock on to McAllister, of course, for me, because maybe if Gross goes left back or, you know, Veltman comes in somewhere, whatever, McAllister yeah. could drop backwards. Do you have any fear, though, that a Stupnian isn't going to be your 29, game week 29, 90 and 90? Or are you comfy there? He's so important to them. He is the attacking outlet, often. He's often the outball. Um, now, the only reason I'm slightly nervous now, and I wasn't when I wildcarded, was Lamptey's form in the last couple. Lamptey played in the cup at left back when a Stupnian was injured, and he looked really he looked good and then Lamptey I think played right back last time out and then came off and Veltman came on fairly early um and Lamptey can do that role Veltman can't Lamptey, he can do a good enough job Pascal Gross can do a good enough job but in terms of bombing down with pace getting in behind still with good delivery <clears throat> Lamptey, Lamptey and Estupian are the two that can do it and Lamptey is now showing he can do it on either side I was really surprised in the cup to see him playing left back so I'm slightly worried knowing there's the ready-made replacement if he's fit to come in and do that. But I don't think anyone offers the quality as Stupinan does. And I think, therefore, he should be fine. We also should consider with our Brighton decisions, Brighton are not a team that play European football. And we often question players coming back and recovery time needed with our Man United or our Arsenal or our Chelsea players when they're travelling all over Europe and they've got more fixtures and less recovery time. Yet this is a guy that historically has played once a week and moving forward, yes, we'll be playing twice a week when there's double game weeks, but usually it's 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 one game a week and it's plenty of rest. So whilst he might have a late journey back, he'll then have a five-day rest afterwards, for example. I think in 29 he won't because it's 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 the double but then the week after he's probably got time off. So again, I look at the schedules and think knowing Brighton are a team that don't have a stacked fixture run. And I know they're owed a lot of doubles, um, but in terms of European commitments and long travel distances, yes, he's got it for the international break, but he doesn't have it as part of his normal season. Do you think there's any risk that March could drop back either into the, the right back or the uh, Stupinan, Stupinan or Stupinan as I keep trying to say, uh, position? Or are you comfy that March is now that that right wing? I'm comfy when March plays under Deserby, March only plays one role. Um, and he's usually the most advanced man on the pitch, which is the reason why we often or loads so many wanted to buy him. I think knowing Lamptey can play other side. I didn't, I haven't checked Lamptey's, um, I don't know if he got off injured. I feel like he went off injured 20 minutes in and Veltman came on. He did. But yeah, it was Veltman got the clean sheet even. So it was, he definitely got more than 60. So yeah, probably about 20 came minutes. Came on early. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting because if he's out, then you need to play this. Uh, you need to play a Stupinan even more. Another part of the whole McAllister being number 10 thing comes down to who is playing right back. And he has liked playing Pascal Gross at right back. I know in recent weeks, we've not seen that. We've seen the midfield two of Gross and Caicedo. But if we, if we rewind a month, 
for a good run of games, it was Pascal Gross playing right back. Um, and with that, we saw a midfield two of Caicedo and McAllister. Um, so again, that's an interesting one to monitor, especially if Lamptey is out and especially if a Stupinan does get rested. There's a very good chance if those two things happen together, your fullback, well, Veltman will be one and Gross will be the other. Yeah. And I mean, hey, maybe that offer me some advice here. If we get a hint that, you know, maybe confirmation that Lamptey is injured, a hint that therefore Gross is going to drop back rather than Veltman play, you think there's a chance McAllister does, you know, minutes in midfield isn't bad, but a start in midfield I uh, would not be a fan of. What do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, I think it's a very good chance that would happen if 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 that scenario plays out, as you've just said. Um, sure, McAllister comes on and does incredibly well in the 10, but under De Zerbe, I don't know off the top of my head, I'd say 75% of his games have been in the midfield, in the midfield too. So let's, and it, and he's had great success in that role too. So let's let's not perhaps be swayed by the last week or two because under De Zerbe in the last month or two, he's done equally well in the midfield too. So who knows where that, uh, where he ends up there. I think in his absolute preferred system now, when everyone is fit, maybe it's Gross and Kaiseida in the midfield too and McAllister ahead of them. But with Brighton, like any team, and especially when you've got players like Lamptey you're relying on, there will be there will be flags. Absolutely. So any plans going forward then? We're rolling, as we mentioned, but 28, there are blanks, 29, there are doubles. You're rolling. What do you intend to do with that now? As we're looking ahead, uh, we'll cover it again, of course, when we talk about team reveals in those weeks. But this period is all about planning and then being able to adjust those plans as anything changes. So what are your plans at the moment? Yeah, my plans uh, for next week will be using my two free transfers to get as many players out as I can. And I think I'll be at 10. Um, (coughs) As I look at my team, I've lost my Chrome extension for some reason. It's not showing me with all the fixtures, which makes it more difficult off the top of my head. But I know I've got, um, in the blank game week, we don't have fixtures for uh, Man United. We don't have fixtures for Man City. And who else? Brighton and Chelsea. Brighton and Chelsea, fine, yeah. So uh, my Brighton assets will be my bench. Um, and Rashford will very likely be on my bench. But then Man City, i.e. my Haaland asset, I think will be sold. So what I'm likely to do is just make one transfer next week, hope that I don't have flags, and then I get 10 men out. Um, and then the week after, I'll have two free transfers going into the double in 29, um, where I'll likely be selling um, two Arsenal players. Um You'll have to excuse me as well. I've just, because I was trying to find you those fixtures, I've given you 32 blanks, 28 blanks, just to confirm. We have Brighton, uh, Brighton, Fulham, Liverpool, Man City, Man United and West Ham. And then likely 32 blanks are Brighton, Chelsea, Fulham, Leeds, uh, Man City, Man United. Obviously, the latter set there are based on presumed FA Cup results. Uh, but we can... We can cover that again closer to the time, of course, as we approach. It's really similar, those sets of teams, isn't it? Because when you said it, I didn't pick up straight away because I knew uh, United and City were both blanking. I think Chelsea was one of the big differences and Brighton, of course. So very similar. So I'll be selling Haaland next week, mate. Like I'll be, I'll go into it and think, yeah, sure, I'm going to miss one fixture in the double where he is Liverpool at home, but I'm going to commit to no Haaland in 28, no Haaland 29. I miss one simple fixture and I gain three fixtures by buying someone that plays twice in 29 and in 28. And then I have to use another transfer, of course, to bring him back in 30, but so be it. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And hey, Haaland, of course, could hurt in that one fixture, but the chances feel low enough to take that risk. But um, 
but we may have said that recently before. So to round us off, which player or which couple of players maybe that you can't access for this week could hurt you? And I have a team in mind. (laughs) Yeah, the only saving grace there is Liverpool do go to Bournemouth at least. It's not Liverpool at Anfield. I've spoken a lot about home advantage in this show, but... I don't know. Bournemouth's showing a few signs of promise. They were good on the road to Arsenal. And look, I just hope they can keep it tight early on because if Liverpool score early, it could become a, a really big scoreline. But I'm hoping it's one of those cagey games for the first half at least. And we can keep Salah and Darwin and Trent and Robbo at bay for a while. Look, whilst they hurt us this week, another saving grace there is, of course, Liverpool not having a fixture in game week 28. And because they don't have a fixture in game week 28, most of those you're competing with, those engaged managers that are aware of the fact they don't have a fixture in 28, won't be buying them at least, right? Casual managers might because they'll only look perhaps one week at a time. But those you're competing with hopefully won't be committing to too many Liverpool players. But yeah, you'd also think not many are going to captain Salah. Again, you're going to captain someone with a double. While Salah has a great game week, fixture you could argue the same for Rashford you could argue the same for Kane and Haaland I genuinely don't think there'll be too many that 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 go to a single game week player we just we just don't history tells us that so even if you had a Salah or Darwin Trent whatever it is you've got Rashford you would be captaining Tony a Brighton midfielder someone there with a double yeah for sure easy one for me there no no hint of Harry Kane not in Forest at home do 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 like Salah just did make up for it I do not trust Spurs, even with Forrest's terrible away record and even with this being a great fixture on paper for Harry Kane. If he blanked, I wouldn't be surprised. If he goes and gets 10 points, I wouldn't be surprised. But if he blanks, I wouldn't be either. This Spurs team are so unpredictable at the moment. And of course, they play AC Milan in the Champions League uh, on Wednesday night as well. Yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to add for people listening here to your team or to your experiences from this week? Captaincy is going to be so split this week that the gains are there to be had. But as always with FPL, a lot of it will come down to luck. If you feel strongly about one player, a Tony or a Matoma or a March or a McAllister, then great, go there. But if you're like me and you're a little bit on the fence with a couple of those names, then I just hope you get it right and hope you get lucky, especially if you've been stung by a few bad 50-50 calls in the last couple of weeks. But look... Over the course of a 38-game week season, I always like to think luck should balance out because we're not talking about 38 pieces of luck or not luck here. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of combinations. I would like to think that over the course of a season, we get our fair (laughs) share. Seb disagrees. That, my friend, (laughs) is the gambler's fallacy. I've been unlucky in the past, so I will be lucky in the future or any combination therein of things that sound sensible but aren't necessarily true. However, as a fellow wildcarder in 26, I buy into this. I think our time is due. And I do think, to be fair, there are wildcard 27ers look grand. They've set themselves up presumably very similarly to we have from, you know, for this 26, 27, 28, 29 period. But they got points last week, whether it was all three of the Liverpool or, you know, two of them or whatever. They've probably done very, very well and absolutely fair play. I think wildcard 28 is very interesting, but maybe relies on a different chip strategy to the rest of us. Otherwise, outside of those two scenarios, and I mean, they're kind of the big ones, to be fair. I think wildcard 26ers should see some points in 27, should certainly see more points than anyone who is singling in that week. But of course, their gains may come another time. But with that... I think we will wrap it up. Jenny, 
genuinely the best of luck because oh. mine and your fates are tied quite closely here. And uh, I can't take it anymore, my friend. I can't take another weekend of uh, of not not looking clever. You know, it's very, very important to me that we uh, we look clever here. I hope so. When we do this team reveal next week, well, I want some big, fat, chunky greens. And oh, yeah. as always, a lot will come down to captaincy. And I hope we're both on a on a, on on a good captaincy call. I hope McAllister does well for you, but only on the condition <laughs> my Matoma or March does equally as good. Yeah, if we could all just get similar points, that would be. Can't fine, we but... just get, all get? Yeah, I mean, let's give the Tony captain some blanks. I mean, Tony's EO will be very close to a hundred, won't it? So, give me a points prediction. What do you think this team earns you next week? Oh, I think there's going to be some high scores this week. I think we're going to get a lot of 70s, 80s. I'm going to go... Ooh, I'm 70s, go... sounds low. Got six Do you doublers. think? Six doublers, a captain in there. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're hoping for what? Mat- Matoma got 13 at the weekend. That was what... I mean, I know that's not how it works, but if that was one match, you captained him, that's 26. Yeah. All he has to do is turn up in the other match and you've pushed 30 just with one player. Yeah, you're right. 70, 80 is low. I'm, I'm looking at my week total of 39 just gone. I'm thinking 70, 80 is super high, <laughs> but with the amount of doublers in play and the single game weekers with really good fixtures. Yeah. There's no reason why this can't be a 90 point week. Is there? Yeah. I think so. I think so. And hey, I wish everyone a luck out there as well. Whether you're wildcard 26, wildcard 27 or considerably smarter than us and done neither and uh, rank 10k. Good luck to you, and I hope FPL treats you very well well this week. Johnny, thank you so much for your time. Lovely to talk as always, mate, and thank you if you've stayed on for this whole entire journey. Thanks for enjoying my waffle, and before you leave, please do hit the like button and subscribe to Scout.